Hi, I'm Berta Gordon, the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 207 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is your weekly look into what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies, remakes, and sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, what are we going to take you to? We're going to take you back to classic sci-fi movies from the 1950s. Director Bert I. Gordon is going to be joining me, and he is, of course, the director of such scary movies and, and, and just movies that would psych you right out. The Amazing Colossal Man, The Cyclops, Earth versus the Spider, just so many others that he did, and uh, they're those classic sci-fi films that you see on creature features and things like that. Great films, and he's going to be joining us in a few minutes, and he's going to talk all about those, how he made them, and everything else. It's a fascinating story, and Bert's got a book out, too. It's The Amazing Colossal Worlds of Mr. Big, all right? So check it out, and we're going to be getting into uh, that in just a minute. But right now, we're going to take a look at what's coming your way as far as remakes, next on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, the re-imaging or remake or whatever you want to call it of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now has a release date. You can catch them around Christmas of 2013. And the 1939 movie serial Mandrake the Magician and the 1979 TV movie also of the same name will get a big screen treatment once again. And the remake of RoboCop now has a release date. It will come your way on August 9th, 2013. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming movies, well, Terrence Howard and Danny Glover will star in Macbeth, a film filled with treachery and political assassinations on a Caribbean island. And Nailed, a romantic comedy, will star Jake Gyllenhaal, Jessica Biel, Tracy Morgan, Kirstie Alley, James Brolin, and many others. And it's about a small-town waitress who gets a nail accidentally lodged in her head, and she ends up in Washington, D.C., and meets up with a clueless senator. Jake Gyllenhaal will also star in End of Watch. It's a drama that centers on a long-term friendship and partnership between two cops. That's it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we head down to Sequel City and find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, well, as far as sequels, it looks like April 13th. The Josh Wheaton film Cabin in the Woods is coming out, of course. And Wheaton says 
there's a possibility that sequels are possible. <laughs> Did you ever think there wouldn't be? All right. And writer Zach Estrin of The River will be the scriptwriter for the next Paranormal Activity 4 installment. And here's a sequel that is not going to happen. At least that's what they're saying. They are saying that there will be no sequel for the Green Hornet due to finances in the making of the first film. They say, now this is a quote, so we're not making a sequel right now. Leave it to Hollywood to leave that little escape clause in there. But anyways, that is it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, Starman, the complete series, flies your way on April 3rd. Falling Skies, the complete first season, comes to DVD and Blu-ray on June 5th. And Route 66, the complete series, hits stores on May 22nd. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD. Well, The Devil Inside will arrive on DVD on May 15th. John Carter lands on DVD in August. And The Silent House arrives on DVD and Blu-ray in August also. That is it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, I love sci-fi movies. The old ones from the 50s, uh, great. They're just so much fun to watch. And uh, they're cheesy sometimes, sure. But, you know, they're, they're always a fun movie to watch. Well... If you've ever seen The Amazing Colossal Man, The Cyclops, Earth vs. the Spider, um, Empire of the Ants, all those films have one thing in common. They have Burt I. Gordon at the helm. He was the director of those great films, and he is next right here on On Screen and Beyond as he joins us and sits behind our mic and talks about back then and uh, the making of these films and what he's doing now and everything else. He's a fascinating guest. He's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today, my guest on On Screen and Beyond is a director and writer who scared the living daylights out of people with his classic sci-fi films, including The Amazing Colossal Man, The Cyclops, Earth vs. the Spider, and many, many more. He has a book out called The Amazing Colossal Worlds of Mr. Big. It's Bert I. Gordon. Bert, it's a pleasure to have you here on On Screen and Beyond. A pleasure to be with you on On Screen and Beyond. Bert, I have always loved sci-fi movies, and you have made a lot of the sci-fi movies that remain in my head because they were just terrifying when I was a young young kid. And, um, you know, The Amazing Colossal Man was, was one that, you know, I remember watching that, and it was like, wow, this is incredible. How did they do this? <laughs> now, as far as filmmaking... Uh, were you always interested, as a, when you were a child, uh, interested in movies and, and making movies? Oh, yes. As from the very earliest age, I would spend uh, a great part of my time at the theater watching movies. I would stay all day and watch them over and over. Like on Saturday, my mother had dropped me off when I was like uh, six years old. And on a Saturday, I would be there all day. And um, I 
my favorites were the action and horror and science fiction. Uh, King Kong, I love Frankenstein, way, you know, the originals oh, yeah. way back there. Yeah. And um, I, I, I always loved movies. And uh, I wanted to make movies the rest of my life when I was a child, boy. And uh, that's all I wanted to do, and that's what I did. Yeah. Now, when you made your films, the budgets weren't anywhere near what, what they're doing now. Um, oh, no. And, and you had to improvise a lot, I presume, in order to, to come up with the ideas of how to make these uh, special effects. Uh, yes. Uh, when I was about nine years old, my aunt gave me a 16-millimeter camera, and I started making movies and uh, with plots. I would write the little a simple plot, uh, and I would have my friends and relatives uh, act in, in, the, in the films I made. And as I uh, grew older, uh, I just kept making films at the University of Wisconsin. I started a newsreel, uh, 35 millimeter, uh, with a borrowed camera from the university, uh, and I made a newsreel, a weekly newsreel that played in the theaters downtown. And then when I just kept Getting older, uh, I just kept making movies, yeah. now, and uh, finally came to Hollywood later. Yeah. Now, any of those films that you made when you were young, were they sci-fi movies that you, you were trying to make back then? Yes. Uh, uh, Ghost, like, for instance, Ghosts. Wow. Uh, I, I, that was one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I would make a, a ghost movie, mm-hmm. and I figured out, you know, different simple methods of doing my effects and that's why later when i was making films in hollywood i used uh many of the effects the methods of of um, creating the effects that i had developed way 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 back wow uh, do you still have any of those films uh no no I'm, no oh, that's that's a shame because that would be amazing yeah. to see those <laughs> yeah i i would like to yeah. see them also Gee. the um so anyway, so that's when when I came to Hollywood and I finally broke into the the system. Um, I did all my I not only I wrote, directed, and produced uh, my films, but I also did the visual effects. Now, were you special? Do- spe- I'm sorry, special visual effects they're called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Were you doing the editing too, and you know, cutting the the, the film and everything? The first uh, couple films I edited. Yeah. And uh, then the third film, uh, The Cyclops, that I edited. And then from then on, I hired editors. You hired editors, yeah. Wow. Now, when you worked with an editor, um, did, did you work with them, or did you just give them the film and let them cut it the way they felt? No, no, no. I worked with them. You were very... Um, after every day's filming, if I was filming in Hollywood, not on location... The editor would uh, sit uh, with me at the rushes, you know, as we're looking at the filming of the day, uh, the previous day, and uh, I would make comments, uh, this is the way I want it, that's the way I want it, do this, and so on. Yeah. Wow. And now, as far as your first movie that you made, um, was it King Dinosaur that that you... Yes. That was King Dinosaur. Yeah. Yes. So, so how, how taking that film uh, as an example, um, how did you come up with the dinosaurs for that? Well, the um, uh, there was a young man that uh, 
was interested in uh, creatures of, you know, iguanas and Gila monsters and so on. Mm-hmm. And I uh, made a deal with him uh, to furnish the Gila monsters and uh, different lizards uh, that I, with my effects, blew up to, ma- you know, mammoth size to mm-hmm. be my dinosaurs. Wow. That's, it, it just amazes me, you know, and, and like I say, I've seen many of your films, and it, it's it, how you could do those things without, I mean, now, you know, nowadays it's all computerized and all that, and, and you know, it's, I, I don't want to say it was, it's simpler now, because, you know, it, it is time consuming to do that, but to be able to do those effects, it, it just amazes me that you were able to do those things. Oh, I enjoyed doing them, too. So, a lot of your films involved larger-than-life uh, people or creatures that you know that attack somebody or, or, or things like that. Um, what drove you toward that angle of uh, sci-fi? Well, um, I don't know. It's a combination of all kinds of influences as I was growing up. For instance, um, I made a film. Um, Puppet people mm-hmm. were uh, in this particular case the uh, puppet master uh, shrunk uh, teenagers to doll size and uh, and played with them uh, you know and with music and so on but um, uh, yeah so back in high school I was in the puppet uh, club and we made uh, puppets uh, and um, and then at the end of the year we gave a show for the school. A puppet show, mm-hmm. and so that sort of carried over, and so I made a, a puppet movie, wow. and so there's so many many things that, uh, as I was growing up, that influ that influenced me either movies or whatever that I carried forward uh, when growing up, and finally they influenced me into making certain type of films, like for instance King Kong. I loved King Kong, mm-hmm. the original way yeah. back, and so I made a giant. Um, a man, and then made another giant man, an amazing colossal man. Right. Yeah. And um, so, it uh, as I wrote in my book, uh, it was um, sort of uh, I was sort of carrying my childhood over. I was having a good time making movies. Hmm. That's that's about it. Yeah. That, uh, it was a lot of childhood, a inf- lot of childhood influences uh, in the films I made. Yeah. Now, when when generally, how long did it take for you to come up with a script when you when you wrote different the, the different films? Not long, not long at all. Yeah. Like for instance, um, the first two movies I made, we made for nothing. I mean, just everybody worked for nothing, and mm-hmm. uh, it was just that was it. Uh, then I um, decided I, I had a a partner, um, a, uh, you know, sort of. Re- uh, promoted promoted the situation, mm-hmm. and so then after the first two movies with him, um, he disappeared with the film and the money uh, from the films. Uh, I decided, well, the only way I was going to do it is make my own uh, w- my own film mm-hmm. alone with my own screenplay. So I sat down, put a paper and a uh, typewriter back then, and I started to write my screenplay, The Cyclops. Huh. Wow. Now, and uh, like, okay, well, let, let me say one thing. Sure. One of my, you say how long, well, the the fastest I, or the quickest that I wrote a screenplay that I made into a film 
was uh, a comedy that was a big success and had great reviews. And I, I, I wrote the, 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 the script in one week. It was called How to Succeed with uh, Sex. Mm-hmm. It was a comedy, as I said. Yeah. Yeah. And I got great reviews, and it, it opened on Broadway, Paramount uh, Theater. And as I said, I wrote it in one week. Wow. But uh, that, that's, that was the quickest. Uh, sometimes it would take me a month or two months. Mm-hmm. But coming up with the ideas, uh, I had no problem with that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they, they would, uh, you know, just pop up. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the actors that you worked with in your films were big actors. Uh, Basil Rathbone was, was no slouch, and of course, uh, uh, Don Amici and um, uh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Yeah. Orson Welles. Vincent Price. Yeah, Vincent Price. Yeah, I mean, um, how did you get these people to, to did, did, did you do your own casting, or? Well, uh, in, in some cases, like with Orson Welles, I contacted him myself, but in most cases, um, uh, after the first few films, uh, I had a casting uh, director. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had Orson Welles, I had Don Amici, I had uh, Basil Rathbone, mm-hmm. um, Josh Gabor, a lot, you know, a lot of nice names. Yeah. Now, a lot of the people who worked in your films were not—they were just starting out, so they weren't big at that time. But they became big actors. Like, um, and, I, and I happened to just watch one of them uh, probably a month or so ago. The Village of the Giants was on TV, and I watched it. And of course, that had Tommy Kirk, uh, Johnny Crawford from um, The Rifleman, uh, Ron Howard, Bo Bridges. And uh, even Tony Basil, who uh, people know from being a singer and uh, singing the song Mickey. So, I mean, th- that was early in their careers. Yes, but they, uh, see, actually, uh, for, for one thing, I, I, I purposely cast uh, the, the children of, of major stars. Ah, okay. and, uh, and, well, Tommy Kirk, of course, was he appeared in... Um, he was the um, what was the picture that um, Disney made uh, where he he was the dog Shaggy Dog. Yeah, yep. yeah, he was the Shaggy Dog, and um, I had uh, Bo Bridges with Lloyd Bridges' son and so on. And right, they um, it was it was uh, when we I took them on tour too uh, after the film was finished, and um, we got a big limousine and went across country at uh, the major cities uh, when. It, the film would open in a, a a theater. We would be there on stage and so on. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, of course, Ron Howard is a huge director. <laughs> of course. Yeah, he's, I wonder. He, he, I wonder if you were one of his influences when he grew up. I mean, <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, his father was in, and uh, he said that when I hired him, he said, "Can my father be in it too?" I said, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> so, so his father was in the film. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. No, my, my minor part somewhere. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I'm trying to think of what, what which party was was in, but he might have been like a villa, a person in the town, or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. That was another one that I was trying yeah, to think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. That was fun. Uh, I really enjoyed working with all of these people. They were so uh, nice to work with. Oh yes, the woman. Uh, what was her name? Um, um, she was a big star. Oh, Joan uh, Collins. Joan Collins, and also the in um, 
uh, Food of the Gods, the woman uh, who finally a rat uh, killed her and ate her. <laughs> I can't remember uh, who that was. Um... Uh, she also directed films. Uh, what the hell is her name? Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I forgot about uh, Joan Collins from The Empire of the Ants with Robert yep. Lansing, too. He was in that. Yeah. 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 Those were. And uh, yeah, it was just amazing the, the, the people that you had in it. Are there any stories that you can share with us? That uh, that uh, little funny stories of anything that went on during filming or anything that uh, that you can remember? Oh, yeah. oh sure, there are a lot of stories behind the scene uh, uh, with the creatures and also with the, the actors. Like, for instance, um, okay, Orson Welles, uh, as everybody knows, it was a big, big, big star. And uh, one of my favorites, uh, most admired from way back to Citizen Kane. So, um, well, the story with Citizen Kane, he made the film. It, it, uh, it, it was the um, story of the, the big, um, um, what was his name? Uh, had all the theaters all over the country. Uh, um, anyway, uh, so uh, Orson, I, I made a deal with Orson. And the day before he was to appear on location, uh, up in the hills of Beverly Hills, the secretary called my secretary and said that, uh, that Mr. Wells wants uh, you to inform him, uh, Mr. Gordon, that he does not appear on the set before 10 in the morning and does not work after 4 in the afternoon. Well, that, that, was, that, that's, that was terrible news when I got that, because when you shoot a movie... Uh, you know, and you're on a certain location, you want to finish right. what you have to shoot. Sometimes we would run over up till midnight or whatever time uh, if we had to leave that location, you know, and not appear there the next day and go to a different location. So I figured out uh, something that maybe I could uh, calm him down, <laughs> you know. So uh, when he appeared the next day on location, we were, uh, as I said, in a mansion up in in the hills of Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and uh, he was taken uh, to his uh, his room, was that was to be his dressing room, which was uh, on the patio, and uh, so uh, he was taken to his room, and then uh, in looking out on the patio, he saw a big major a major size refrigerator. So he went out there to see what, what what this was about, and he opened it, and it, all the foods that, that all the finest of steaks, caviar, everything that was his favorite, mm-hmm. and also the champagnes and the wines that he loved. And next to it was a uh, a burning barbecue with a, a, a chef in uniform behind it saying, "Yes, Mr. Wells, whatever you desire." So, okay, so I'm on the another part of the mansion directing a scene uh, in the living room, big, you know. And uh, so as I finish this, the, the take and I say, okay, cut, I, Orson Welles walked up to me and said, Bert, uh, I said, oh, yes, how are you, Orson? He said, uh, you received the phone call from my secretary? I said, I said, yes. He said, just disregard it. I'm yours however you want me, whatever hours. <laughs> I'm yours. And we went on location up in Northern California, and he couldn't have been nicer. He couldn't. Uh, it was just great. 
Oh yeah, one other thing. I when I when it appeared in in on Variety that I hired him, uh, I, I received several phone calls from different actors that uh, said uh, I, you hired him. Uh, Orson Welles? I said, yes. He said, I, I understand you direct your films, but when he's on the set, you won't be directing. He, he takes over. So uh, that uh, didn't happen. I mean, he was just, uh, couldn't, be, couldn't be nicer. Wow. Yeah. You hit, you know. hit him in the stomach with the food. <laughs> that <Yeah>. got him. <laughs> well, the, the, the food and the drink and right. the fact that I, the, actually, I showed him that I, I appreciated that he was a big star. Right. Yeah. That, that's what it was all about. Yeah. And uh, and then with the creatures, I had uh, uh, I had a lot of behind the scene things with as and stories like as I just told you about Orson, mm-hmm. and also about the different creatures that were in the film. They they had their own their own personalities. Like for instance, uh, with the rats. You know, I had uh, several hundred rats that that I bought that from the. Uh, Laboratories that raised them for uh, re- research and so on. Yeah. And uh, so we trained them to, like, for instance, uh, okay, each scene, the scene number one, we trained them for what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to run down a runway with miniature grass, and then I was going to put that scene together with the people, uh, with my special visual effects, and that they that they would be chasing the people. So we trained them to running down the grass. And I said, okay, great. Uh, you know, it took several days of with smelly cheese and so on. So I said, okay, let's shoot it now. So we put up the strong lights and a, and a, a high-speed camera that made a lot of noise because that's they're not blimped. And uh, I said, okay, uh, roll the camera, light, lights on, roll the camera, let the rats out of the cage, and let them go. Well, they didn't come out of the cage. And no matter what we do, we couldn't get them to come out of the cage as as we had trained them. And so, okay, after wasting several thousand feet of film, I said, okay, it's enough for the day. We're, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Well, in the middle of the night, an idea came to me. And the next day, I said, we're going to train the rats again. But this time, we're going to train them with the lights on and the camera running, without film, of course. And that's what we did. We trained them to do it. And then, and finally, we got them to do their thing. Put then we put film in the camera and shot it uh, with with them acting like they're real pros. And the, so the whole deal was, you couldn't change the environment. In other words, you could train them to do a lot of things. They were very intelligent. But if you change something, you could change the color of something, or or, or you turn the lights on when. You know, in our original training, we didn't have the lights on or the camera running. Then, when we did that, they 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 said, "No, this is a this is a new new scene, new act." And so that that was that. Wow, that's <laughs> that's a lot of different things you had to go through to to uh, just yeah. get the the rats to run down the you know down the hill. Yeah. Jeez. So when you say you trained them, did it take a few hours or did it take days to do it? Or? No, it's sometimes a few days. So you had no. to really plan this out ahead before that you shot your scenes. Uh, oh sure, sure. In, in fact, when I would be writing a screenplay and I would write a uh, a certain effect that I wanted, uh, then I would think, how am I going to do this effect? And if I couldn't figure out how I was going to do it, I I deleted it and wrote in another effect. Hmm. So, 
but you know these um, the, uh, the the different events that happened that I couldn't didn't count on were like in the case of the rats. Well, I had to figure out how to do it. But uh, another thing, like for instance, the okay, the iguanas for that were the the king di- the dinosaurs in my movie. Okay, we uh, fine. We shot the movie of the, with the actors. Then when we in, in a small soundstage started to shoot or attempt to shoot the iguanas and the other lizards, uh, they didn't do their, they wouldn't move. They were frozen, frozen. Finally, I went to the library in Beverly Hills and uh, looked up uh, iguanas and, you know, the different lizards. And the, the certain, uh, a certain thing uh, about them, they, they do not move unless the temperature is, is over 100. Wow. They 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 grew up in the, or they live on the, their natural habitat is the desert and you have to have it hot and so the next day I brought in heavy heater big heaters and fine they moved <laughs> they did their thing. Jeez. <laughs> now are there a lot of these stories in your book, The Amazing Colossal oh, yeah. Worlds of Mister Big? Oh yes, loaded loaded with them. Uh, oh yeah, like with. Uh, Joan Collins, I had, uh, it was, uh, it's, it was an adventure making the movie, and it's, it's in my book, you know, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the, the web, my website is, uh, has a, a lot of the pictures from my movies, uh, and behind the scene movies, my, um, uh, website, is, it's birdigordon.com, okay. B-E-R-T-I-G-O-R-D-O-N. Yeah, and we'll be sure we'll be sure to put a, yeah we'll be sure to put a link on our site so people can just click it and get to your site and and check out all those pictures. And, and, oh, great! Yeah, yeah, it has a lot of colored pictures of uh, it has Orson Welles and me, and it um, it was fun uh, fun making the movies, and I enjoyed writing the book because I recalled all the right, great yeah. stories about it. Yeah. Now, about making the movies. The book has over a hundred pictures in it too, from your personal collection. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that I mean, that alone is worth seeing because it's always fun to see those behind-the-scene pictures that uh, that directors have on on hand. Yeah, I, I. That's why I put them in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, jeez, that, that's that's half the fun, and and then of course the stories. Those are things that you know we we enjoy hearing. That's for sure, and reading about. Well, it's loaded with stories like that uh, with Orson Welles and different romances uh, uh, behind the scenes. You know, some of the stars were had romances and uh, different idiosyncrasies of different actors. Like, like when I was shooting a film, um, uh, the movie uh, The Cyclops, the uh, we uh, my uh, people kept finding empty bottles of gin, uh, you know, in the dressing rooms and different places. And we never knew who was drinking the gin. And uh, and uh, there wasn't any uh, drunken uh, problems. And then finally we found, uh, toward the end, it was... Um, um, uh, Junior. Lon Chaney? Yeah, Lon Chaney, Chaney Jr., Jr., but he never, uh, it didn't affect him. Yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, the, the name I was trying to think of that was in uh, uh, the um, 
uh, other picture, Ida Lupino. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Wow. Yeah, she she was fun to work with. Wow. Yeah, those are that's an amazing cast of the, some of the people that you had in your films. Yeah. Now, of all the films that you made, is there one that's the closest that that to your heart, the one that you really like? I mean, not not money wise or or you know critic wise or anything like that, but just one that you feel you know that was your baby, that was the one. Well, I sort of like like them. Just about all of them. Really? Yeah. Um, Food of the Gods with the Giant Rats and, uh, well, the Amazing Colossal Man I loved and uh, Village of the Giants with the big kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people would ask me that, uh, you know, in different interviews in the past, I would always say my favorite film is my next one. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's always hard to ask that question because you know, I mean, you got so many great films, and and like like you say, the next one you, is always the one that you're concentrating on, so that's the one you're you're thinking about. So, uh-huh. yeah. Well, Bert, um, the, the other questions I have um, now, Forrest J. Ackerman gave you the nickname Mister Big. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, and of course he was big in sci-fi and and horror and all that. Uh, did you know him personally? Oh yes, yes. Oh yes, we we would have dinners together and yeah. 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 And then that's I just... didn't know him in the beginning. You know, he was writing. He was the editor of the uh, famous Monster magazine. Right. Yes. And uh, so after uh, uh, a couple of years of reading about myself, uh, I met him and and then we became friends. Wow. And he just decided to call you Mr. Big? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, it stuck with me. I also noticed that your daughter, Susan, did she start acting in your films? Yes. Uh, what happened, um, uh, well, uh, the we, we her, her mother wanted her to be an actress. Mm-hmm. So uh, we sent her to uh, a drama school, and... Uh, and after about a year, they had a, a, a play, you know, for all the mothers and so on. And <laughs> so we had a meeting with the uh, teacher and said, well, what do you think? Our daughter can become a star? Now, this, this was way back. She, she's just a little baby, you know, real young. Uh, I'd say about six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, well, I'll tell you, Mr. and Mrs. Gordon, the, your, your daughter is a darling young child, and I think you should just love her, but she hasn't got it to become a talent. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. This is another story. Yeah, great, you know. Okay, so we dropped her out of that class, and um, and that was the end of it. So then, I'm sometime later, I'm shooting a movie, um, uh, Tackle the Puppet People, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where a little girl is to come that comes in to see the puppet master. And because her dolly is is broken, and uh, can you fix my dolly, Mister? And while she's there, she opens a matchbox, and a little a live kitten comes out. You know, it was a, a cute scene. So before we're I'm on the set at the studio, and we're getting ready to shoot, and I I look at the little girl, and she's red, with and I put my hand on her forehead, big fever. Called an, our nurse. We had to. You have to have a nurse, of course, when you have a child on the set. And uh, took her temperature, and it was way up. So I, I 
bawled out the mother. I told her she terrible mother, take the child home. How could she bring her to the studio with a high fever? And the mother said, oh, it's her career. I said, take your child home. So I said, well, I guess uh, that's going to be it for the day. We don't have our, our star, our little star. And at that moment, the door opened uh, on to the onto our soundstage, and my daughter entered with her brownie troupe. I said, Susan, uh, come here, dear. I said, here's the screenplay. Uh, here's the, the part. Can, do you think you can memorize these lines? She said, oh, well, I've seen that script at, at home, and I, I know them already. Wow. And that was the, that was the beginning of her career. Huh. Wow, that's amazing. And she was in some major pictures. Uh, and she ended up with four pictures that I made mm-hmm. she starred in. And... Um, uh, she was in like with Danny Kay, the Five Pennies. She sang. She's on, on his the disc with um, singing um, uh, with Danny Kay and Louis Armstrong. Wow, you must have been and very proud. Picture. Yeah, very yeah. proud. Yeah. She she was a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry that we we lost her yes. about six yeah. months ago. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I just want to finish up with uh, two final questions. Sure. And um, it's a little bit away from your filmmaking and everything. It's more of a personal thing. As far as TV shows, what are your favorite TV shows of all time? What shows do you like to watch? Um, New or old, doesn't matter. Well, way back I used to love I Love Lucy. Oh, yeah, that's classic. And then there was a late night show with the, uh, with, from England. Um, uh, heavy set, real heavy set. They, they were in an apartment. You probably will remember the name. Oh God, that, that was good. Um, uh, but and anyway, uh, I sort of offbeat shows. I mm-hmm. I really liked. What about movies? What are your favorite all-time movies? My favorite of all-time movies, I think. Um, well, maybe Orson Welles' uh, Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Classic. Uh, geez, I loved a lot of them. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Were you were I, you a big fan of even when you were directing? Were you a big fan of going to the movies? Of which movies? Of going to the movies to see other films. Oh sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The um, you know when you're making a film and so on, you just call up the studio and uh, have your secretary call the studio and they they send a print over and you can watch it at home. Ah. Yeah. Well. Bert, the amazing, colossal worlds of Mr. Big. I want to urge everybody to go out and get the book because if, if they love sci-fi pictures, this is a book that they want to get to read and, and see all the pictures in it and everything. Uh, it's uh, And I thank you so much for coming on here. I want to thank you personally for giving all of us such entertaining films over the years, and uh, I just want to thank you for that. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. Bert I. Gordon, Mr. Big himself. I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us and sharing his stories with us. A lot of fun to hear those things. And like you say, I just love 50s, 60s sci-fi movies. And Bert gave us a boatload of them and a boatload of classics. So I want to thank him so much for taking the time. And if you want to get his book... 
just go to our website, onscreenorbeyond.com. We have a link right there that will take it right where you can get it and uh, learn all those fascinating stories he has and see all those pictures that he took and everything. And uh, it's just a great book. So check it out. And let's see, if you uh, want to listen to all our backlog of uh, people that we have interviewed, over 206, 207 people now, and uh, they're all still there. You can go to onscreenandbeyond.com, go to our rerun section. You can pick them all because they're there. You can listen to them, hear their stories, and uh, Bert's going to be put into that pile, and they're going to be there for you to listen to at any time. So I hope you'll keep listening to those. And uh, while you're there, check out the rest of the site because we got all kinds of things about uh, movie, DVD, uh, reviews, and everything else. And uh, a lot of stuff in there. The Book Nook about uh, gives us reviews about uh, the movies and uh, books about movies and TV and music and all that sort of stuff. Just a lot of stuff there. So check it out at onscreenandbeyond.com. If you have a suggestion for a guest that you would like to send us, send it to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And I'll see what I can do about getting that guest on for you. And uh, let's see what else here. I uh, guess that's about it. Uh, it's a wrap for this week. So next week, we'll have enough, another fascinating guest coming your way. So I hope you're going to join me for that. Until then, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm your host, Brian Zimrak. Take care.